Howdy do, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Players Club Podcast, episode 68, coming at you live here. Uh, today it is me, Emmett Watkins Jr., and honestly, it's just me today. Uh, I, I decided to do another solo episode because I wanted to get one in here real quick before uh, some upcoming news and some upcoming releases that I know we're going to have a lot to talk about pretty soon. And, um, and admittedly, it's been a weird day, or not day, it's been a weird couple days of me uh, not playing too many games and not having too much to report on that. So I said, hey, let's go ahead and make this just a... Uh, a smaller episode real quick because we got a lot of news coming up in the future because the topic of the show this week is going to be um, the PlayStation event. The PlayStation event is going to be happening just two days from now, actually, because I am recording this on Tuesday. So we'll know soon enough what's in this event. So I'm going to do just a couple of uh, quick predictions here in the topic of the show. Just for what I think we're going to be seeing, what I hope we're going to be seeing. And uh, yeah, do a little bit of a discussion about that. Um, so look forward to that in the second half of the show, of course. But uh, to begin, let's go ahead and talk about uh, what I've been playing in the last few days. Uh, like I said just a couple minutes ago, I have been having a very weird gaming vibe the last couple days. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but it has been very, it's been very bizarre. I've been playing a lot of like, I wouldn't say they're weird games individually, but they're all games that really have nothing to do with each other and aren't the typical games you would expect someone to be playing. Like, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know the types of games I play. I'm playing first person shooters. I'm playing, you know, a nice little narrative story game. Maybe I'm diving headfirst into an indie. The games that I've been playing this week are not really falling into those categories, at least not perfectly. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's start with the one that I've played probably the least uh, out of all these, and that is Nickelodeon Kart Racers 2. Um, this is one that I picked up on PlayStation not too long ago, uh, just because I'm a big Nickelodeon fan. I Everyone knows I'm a Nickelodeon fan. I've been talking all up and down on Twitter about this Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl game that we're going to be getting pretty soon. I can't wait for that to come out. We got a little under a month now because it's coming out October, I think, 5th is the leaked uh, release date for it. Uh, so I'm excited about Nickelodeon stuff. So I've been picking up a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff over the last few weeks. Uh, I picked up the original Nickelodeon Kart Racers, and that game is not great. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's functional and you can see what they're going for but the polish on it, it it just it feels like you're playing a remaster of an n64 game like it just feels super dated visually uh gameplay wise it's fine but it's a little bit bland there's not really much to it uh i imagine it could be an easy platinum but i have to go test that theory and by test i mean look it up rather than actually go for it uh they really throw trophies at your hand over fist i did one grand prix in uh the original nickelodeon all-stars or nickelodeon kart racers and it just threw like a good maybe 20 percent of the trophies at me it felt very simple very easy and the roster wasn't even that great i think there were like maybe 12 characters total and they weren't even like the best ones in the roster it, it was a very weird game and it goes on sale for super cheap i picked it up for like 750 so it might be worth 750 it might be worth around 10 dollars, but i would not recommend picking that thing up for much more than that because it is very bare bones very uh there's just not much to it that's the whole kit and caboodle about it but the sequel here with nickelodeon kart racers 2 
Uh, I think this is far superior. I think polish wise, they have gotten to a level to where it actually looks pretty good. There's a lot more actual animations. That's another thing the original game lacked. Uh, there were very stiff animations in that game. This sequel, the animations are a little bit smoother, a little bit more vibrant. There's a slightly wider roster. You know, you're getting the avatars in there. You're getting a couple more Ninja Turtles, which, you know, if you're a Ninja Turtle fan, that's good for you. Uh, of course, you're SpongeBob. Of course, you're Loud Houses now that that's a thing. Uh, and they also got Invader Zim in there finally. And they still have uh, some Rugrats references, some honestly, some Rocco's Modern Life <laughs> references. Uh, and some cat dog is here. Cat dog is one of the races in this game. So it's very interesting. This game seems like it's pulling a lot more from the 90s era specifically, where the first game felt like it was like, oh, all of these things are Nickelodeon flavored. Um, this one specifically feels way more instead of it just being here's your generic Nickelodeon characters that everyone would expect, you know, your your Hey Arnold and stuff like that. This one's going a little bit deeper. There's, like I said, there's some references to Rocco's Modern Life, which is not a common property that Nickelodeon likes to uh, stroll out here nowadays. Um, and they also have, I think I already said Invader Zim, Cat Dog, of course. It just seems like they're going more into it. And it's more than just the roster this time. Uh, the actual carts are a way bigger part of gameplay now, where you can modify each part of the cart, your engine, your wheels, your, uh, your body frame, uh, a bunch of different parts of the cart to make it your own. And you can customize it with parts from different Nickelodeon properties. So you can have like the tire shell pad, the, the turtle shell pattern on, I forget the name of the character, but Rocco's Modern Life, his turtle friend, you can get the pattern of his shell as the wheels on your car. And you can have the body frame be uh, Invader Zim's ship with the little circular glass globe that he has. Um, and just things like that. The little potato science project bomb that Helga had in Hey Arnold with his little lock socket in there. Um, you could have that be your engine. It's, it's stuff like that. Like, of course, it's all goofy and it's all, you know, fan service and whatnot, but touches like that make this game have a little bit more personality. And, uh, yeah, I really do enjoy this game. Now I say I enjoy it. Uh, I've really only played maybe an hour of it. I haven't put that much time into it just because I wanted to just take it for a test drive. Uh, I feel obligated to play more of it. I spent 20 bucks on it, which the regular price for both of these games is $40. Uh, this one, Kart Racers 2, it doesn't go on sale for less than 20. I've been waiting for a long time. It has not happened yet. I could wait longer, but I'm in a Nickelodeon mood now, so I dropped my cash on it. And I think for 20 bucks, yeah, I think it's worth it. Uh, I think I spent my money wisely, uh, which is a debatable sentence, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying the game. I, I think I'm going to play a little bit more of it. Uh, maybe go through some more Grand Prix, maybe, uh, do some more characters. Uh, and even the gameplay and the whole structure of it is a lot more solid than the original game where in the original, it was pretty much just a kart racer. They had, it was kind of Mod Nation Racers-esque where of course, you know, drifting around corners will give you a speed boost. But there was also a slime mechanic where if you drove through a bunch of slime, uh, it would build up a kind of boost meter. And then you'd be able to just propel yourself forward if you're, you know, prioritizing slime. And then, of course, they had their random items like any other kart racer where, you know, you'll hit a mystery box and then it'll spawn you something random. Uh, the sequel here, 
pretty much has a very similar structure where it has the mystery box items and you know there's a bunch of different items from a bunch of different shows uh that you can use on your enemies and your fellow racers but uh the slime mechanic is a lot more nuanced here where you're collecting slime as you drive so there'll be like slime cannons shooting just slime onto the floor and you can drive over it to collect it sometimes you'll transform into a boat and then you'll be in a slime river and then while you're in those segments you're collecting slime the entire time so you can really get up to stuff with it but you're not locked to only using it for boost you can also use it to maybe spawn a specific item that you would like you could use it to um maybe give yourself a shield that you're looking to get uh or if you're out front you can use it to give yourself a shield because like many other kart racers specifically mario kart uh there is a little bit of rubber banding people will try to catch back up to you and it can suck if you're just lucky if you're you know unlucky enough to have everybody hit you right as you're about to cross the finish line it can be very frustrating um but in any case yeah the game it, it really prioritizes customization a lot to where you can change what that slime does you can choose i think they call it like your assistant mechanic or something like that um where you can choose a specific nickelodeon character and they give you an ability based off that character an example i remember is i don't watch the loud house so the kit there's one character from the loud house who likes hockey a lot i guess and so you select her and then your slime ability will be based off of her love of hockey where it'll You'll, you'll hear like a slapstick sound when you hit the slime button and it'll propel you forward as if you're a hockey puck that she just hit. Um, and then they have Eugene from Hey Arnold. You can select Eugene and his ability is like a defensive ability because he's not really aggressive. Um, and yeah, it pretty much just gives you a shield for a brief amount of time and that's how you use your slime. So it adds some tactics. It adds some, uh, some depth into the gameplay that i really appreciate uh and yeah and also you're earning coins there's a bunch of coins on the track and you also earn coins for completing races and whatnot those coins are used to buy other characters to get new slime abilities to buy new parts on your carts for you know further customization and all these parts are more than just cosmetic they customize your top speed your acceleration your drifting your handling all that stuff are getting cut are is getting customized with all these different parts. So uh, it's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. I would say uh, now it's not, I, I know Barrett Courtney had a problem with this over at kind of funny where he started playing a little bit of Nickelodeon cart racers back when it first came out. And the fact that there were no voices for any of the characters and there was no music from any of the shows, it felt very off to him, which I understand it, it, it's noticeable, but I guess in my head, I'm comparing it so much to the first Kart Racers game that was just just full stop, just probably not worth experiencing. Nickelodeon Kart Racers has a lot more polish, and even if it doesn't have voices and doesn't have the music and stuff like that, I still think it has enough of that Nickelodeon personality to where it's worth it. You could tell that developers care a little bit more, or at least they had enough time to put in more care. Uh, so I think it's worth checking out. If you have access to Nickelodeon Kart Racers, um, I don't know if I'd pay $40 for it. 40, I mean, 40 is still less than the full 60 or God forbid, even 70 nowadays. So, uh, maybe still worth it for you, but, uh, for the price that I paid for it at 20 on sale, I think it was well worth it. So, uh, Nickelodeon cart races too. Go ahead and give that one a gander if you like. Then after that, uh, I've been playing. <laughs> 
there's a big gap between the game that I've been playing the most this week and the two games that I've played the least. Uh, the next game that I'm going to talk about, something completely different. Honestly, a franchise that I really don't mess with in any real way. And that is Earth Defense Force 4.1, The Shadow of New Despair. Um, yeah, this one's a weird one. Um, don't know what to tell you. Literally, I was just, I was just chilling one day at home and I guess I had an urge to blow shit up indiscriminately. I think that's what it is. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why I was feeling this way. I just had an urge to like, I just wanted to shoot shit with reckless abandon and not really think about it. And instead of me going to Call of Duty, which usually if I just want to shoot shit and not think, I go to Call of Duty or Titanfall 2. Like those are usually the things I go to, but Call of Duty's not installed right now. And I don't feel like moving my hard, hard drive space and stuff around to try and accommodate for that game. Titanfall 2, I might still have installed, but for whatever reason, I didn't think of it at the time. Uh, what I thought of was Earth Defense Force and just the giant hordes of just random bugs that you'd be shooting out of the sky in those games. Uh, and for whatever reason, I think the reason I thought of it is because, what is it? I, I think I'm starting to realize what the line was where I saw the trailer for Doke V a couple days ago. Uh, of course, if you guys don't remember on previous episodes, I believe we talked about this. Doke V is the open world kind of Pokemon S super vibrant, uh, action game that got shown off at the opening night live presentation from Jeff Keighley. Uh, and seeing that trailer, I saw a lot of the effects and a lot of the stuff going on screen really slowed down the frame rate. Like things were moving at like 20 frames per second in some parts of that trailer. And I think that got me thinking of other games that run terribly on purpose, kind of. And then I started thinking about Earth Defense Force because that game is infamous for let's put a million things on screen and it's going to tank the frame rate. But they're going to kill all of these things anyway. So the frame rate will normalize pretty soon. Um so I thought about that game and I was like, huh, that's kind of wild. And then I thought, wait, that I, I have access to an Earth Defense Force game on PlayStation Now. And this is that game. This is on PlayStation Now if you want to go try it out. And I was like, well, I wonder, since that's a PS4 game, I wonder if it's actually going to run pretty solidly on PlayStation 5. So uh, that was one of my motives for trying this game out. And yeah, I can definitely confirm it runs rock solid on PlayStation 5. It runs very, very well. Um, I've gone through just a couple of the missions, not all of them quite yet. But um, yeah, I've killed millions of bugs. Maybe not millions. I guess at this point, hundreds of bugs I've killed. Uh, and I've blown up a bunch of buildings as well. So I've had the game. The game has had ample time to just buckle its knees in the weight of my destruction. So uh, I definitely probably would have seen some slowdown. But no, it's running very solidly. And Earth Defense Force is just a very strange game. Um, not just in premise and tone, because it is very goofy. It is very like Japanese Godzilla kind of over the top type vibe. Uh, but it is also like, it's kind of satisfying, but there's kind of not a lot of feedback where it's not like a lot of shooters nowadays where you're getting hit markers if you're, if you're hitting your target. Now here it's just the bugs will react very viscerally to your shots so if you got an ant stuck in like a laser ray or something like that that ant will jitter in pain until it explodes <laughs> and it's very i don't know if off-putting is the word but it's very just strange and 
not natural looking at all. These ants are climbing on all surfaces that they can find as well. So they're like on the sides of buildings. They're on the bottom of like, you know, the when a subway car is above you and it's like on that little bridge, they're like on the bottom part of that bridge, just climbing upside down. Um, it, it can be if you have like a phobia of bugs, maybe don't play this game because it can definitely trigger some phobias for you. It's a lot of legs just skirting around. And they're bigger than you. Like these ants are the size of mansions. <laughs> like these, these are like three story ants. So, uh, if you're not ready for that and it's third person, so it's not that terrifying. You're able to adjust your scale depending. It's not, if it was in first person, maybe it would be a little bit more terrifying, but yeah, uh, it's a lot of bugs and I've gotten far enough to where there are a lot of spiders. And that's my phobia. I do not fuck with spiders in any sense, in any way. So once I got to those levels, I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be this is going to be rough for me. <laughs> and it wasn't it didn't trigger me quite as hard as like the, the one game or actually there's two games that I can never play because there's spiders in them until Dawn, Rush of Blood and Farpoint in Rush of Blood at the beginning of the game. They ask you questions about your fears and your phobias. And I should have known what they were going to do because they asked one question where they're like, hey, what's your what? which one of these scares you most, snakes or spiders? And I said spiders because I was being honest, thinking it would just do something. I, I was hoping it would just be like, OK, we're going to play to that in some like abstract way. No, later in the game, there's just a whole level where spiders are crawling everywhere and they're right in your face. And this is a VR game, so I cannot do that i it's it's hard for me to suspend my disbelief long enough to play that sequence <laughs> Ooh, excuse me so yeah that's just a non-starter for me there uh which is really unfortunate because i think that game was really fun before it got to that point uh and then another sequence from farpoint farpoint doesn't have any actual spiders but they have like these head crab things that if they get close to you they jump right at your face and because it's a vr game it triggers my fight, or, my fight or flight sense every single time they jump at my face. And sometimes you're in these dark caverns where it's really hard to see like that they're jumping at you and you don't know until they're already on you. And it is fucking terrifying. And literally every alien in that game that you're shooting at, they kind of have spider-like, I, I guess, vibes or design where they all have multiple legs and they're all like kind of creepy, kind of crawly. It's just not what I'm fucking with. It's just not what I want. And so, yeah, I, I've put that one to the side, too. I, I really am mad about it because Farpoint seems to have a pretty cool story with, you know, some really good effort and acting put into it. So one of these days, I want to get back around to it and get over my phobia. Maybe I'll maybe one day when I'm able to have friends over again after, you know, COVID is not scary anymore. Um, then I'll be able to bring some people over and have them laughing at my pain, maybe dulling the fear a little bit. But uh, we'll see about that. But in the case of uh, Earth Defense Force, the spiders in this game, they can be a little bit annoying because they just shoot up a bunch of webs and they'll catch some of your uh, your non-player characters that are fighting alongside you. They'll catch some of them in the web and then you got to go shoot the web to get them down. The, the thing I'm noticing, the progression system in this game is very, very subtle where you're shooting all these bugs they're dropping you know health bonuses armor bonuses weapon pickups things like that and that is literally the only progression you're not getting any xp or whatever for killing the actual bugs you are just getting like the armor pickups will increase your armor at the end of the mission and your armor is basically like your health bar how long is your health bar and you know whatnot like that health pickups are just short-term 
if you got hit early in the mission, you pick up a health pickup and it'll replenish some of that health. And then weapon pickups will give you a random weapon <laughs> from a catalog of what seems like a couple dozen, maybe. I'm not exactly sure how many weapons are in the game, but every mission I'll have maybe one to three weapon pickups. And then I just, you know, equip them and see where I'm going with it. Uh, and it's kind of weird. Like the weapons, the weapons don't always do what you think they should do, where you'll get like these Gatling laser type guns and you're like, oh, this is going to be great for crowd control. But the range on them is super close to the point where they're almost like melee range for a game like this. So using, you know, they have games with like a 500 round clip uh, games. They have guns with like a 500 round clip and then reloading takes away from your energy. And your energy is the same thing you use to use your special ability, which it depends on the class that you're choosing. But for the class that I had, she basically had a jetpack and would fly around and then that would deplete her energy bar. So... God forbid, if you're using a big heavy gun that only had like one shot, think like a rocket launcher or something, to reload that, it wouldn't come from an ammo reserve. It would come from the same energy pack that you're using for your jetpack. And so I'd be busting out with the with the rocket launcher a lot in the middle of the air, and then I wouldn't have enough energy to like boost myself up again. Now, thankfully, there's no fall damage because, God, that would have screwed me over several times if there was. But uh, yeah, it can be... A little bit annoying with some of these weapons. Um, the weapons that I tend to go for are the weapons that have a very long clip to where I can just keep firing and not have to worry about my energy bar management for a couple seconds. Um, but like I said, those Gatling lasers have very, very close range. I think they're called like rapiers or something like that. Like whatever they call the swords and fencing, I think is maybe the same name. I might be completely ignorant on that, but I apologize if I am. Uh, I don't know everything in the world. I apologize. Um, but in any case, yeah, they they really calm down or they really go down a weird road with these weapons. And then they'll have weapons with like really long range, but they're like sniper rifles and they aren't quite as good at crowd control. And I've been unlocking a couple guns here or there that, you know, have like electric pulses and stuff like that. And like I said, have way longer range, which I appreciate. But I haven't really found a combo that's going to be better than. The combo I have right now is I have a rocket launcher in my back pocket so I can take out big groups of just ants and stuff like that. And then I usually keep something either mid or close range, just something with a big clip, be it an ion laser or, you know, the rapier or something like that. Just something where I can keep a lot of fools at bay when they get close. Um, now with that ion laser, I don't know if it's actually called the ion laser, but it has a medium range so you can hit them from a pretty far distance, but it's damage is nothing. So it's like you're flicking a bunch of peas at them until they die. And it has the range that I want, but it's just not doing the damage that I need it to do. And so it's a interesting trade off and you can only choose your weapons right before the mission. You can't swap and pick something up right in the middle of a mission. This isn't Call of Duty where you can just hold square and pick up a new gun. So uh, it's a very strategic choice uh, and it's very interesting. So I think I want to play a little bit more of it. I don't know if I want to beat it. I was looking at the trophies and the trophies are super stingy in this one. Uh, there's like, it, it's a super basic list too, where it's like, okay, beat all of the missions on all the difficulties, which, you know, is fine. I can, I can handle that. But then it's like, kill 10,000 bucks. <laughs> and revive your co-op partner a hundred times like stuff like that it's like very simple but also very 
time consuming trophies where if you're a big earth defense force fan i'm sure you know getting any of those trophies would be light work but for me i'm only planning on playing through the game once maybe and then just leaving it after that so getting those crazy achievements i don't know if that's even going to be possible i'm killing a lot of bugs like i am mowing down thousands of bugs at this point or i think i said it earlier hundreds of bugs at this point but i'll definitely be at thousands by the end of the game so perhaps i'll get close to it but i don't think i'm gonna ever grind for it it's just it's just a lot and then there's i was looking at the trophies also for other enemies that are coming up there are like wolf spiders and stuff like that and i've already come across some like slightly regular spiders like the wolf spiders i'm not ready for i'm not ready for more aggressive maybe more finely detailed spiders this is the ps4 generation these aren't like polygons anymore i'm actually seeing detail and i'm not a fan so it's gonna scare me and uh I'll, I'll perhaps i'll put it down once we get to that point but for now i'm gonna keep playing keep seeing what this game has in store for me hopefully it's not gonna be anything too bad that i can't handle so you know fingers crossed on that one and then from there we're gonna go ahead and talk about the last game that i've been playing um, and this is kind of based off of, uh, I remember last episode, I briefly mentioned that I was playing Balloons Tower Defense. Uh, I think five is the one that's on PlayStation four. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that I was playing that and I've been playing. See, okay. Here's the thing about this real quick, y'all. Balloons Tower Defense is a tower defense game. So it's not really an idle game. It can be if you put it at a low enough difficulty, but there is strategy involved. There is, you know, a certain method of where to place your structures in the map. There is, you know, there's there's things you have to do in order to succeed. And there is a fail state. Uh, you have to have good tower placement. You have to have good prioritization and what to upgrade, when to upgrade it, uh, what you're going to need in certain rounds. There's strategy to it. The game that I'm going to talk about right now, the game that I have played the most, or at least have put the most hours into by far this week is Cookie Clicker. <laughs> That's right, guys. Cookie Clicker is back in action. Uh, Cookie Clicker actually got released on Steam for about $5. Uh, it's a remastered version with, uh, I guess, higher resolution textures. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, I actually have the game up right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I, I've had this game open in a window on my computer for several days. And you probably hear me clicking in the background because I just clicked the golden cookie. And the golden cookie just boosts your uh, click rate and your cookie production up for a couple seconds. So I'm trying to get as much as I can out of it before it expires in the next like three seconds, maybe. It's almost done. And all right, there we go. Uh, yeah. Cookie Clicker. If you guys have never heard of Cookie Clicker, it is pretty much the probably the most famous idle game. Uh, and if you don't know what an idle game is, it's a game where it's literally designed to it's designed for you to not actively play it where how Cookie Clicker works. I'll just describe it as you start off. You start off with just a picture of a cookie. And then every time you click that cookie, it generates one cookie. Then you kick you click that cookie a couple times and then you can buy an extra cursor. A cursor is just uh, another cursor on the screen that will just click the cookie automatically every second or every couple seconds or so. Uh, I think when you first get your when you get your first cursor, it probably clicks it like once every minute. So now it's passively generating cookies. 
and then you keep clicking a couple more times and you earn a couple more cookies, then you can earn a couple more cursors. Now, next thing you know, you got 20 cursors and you're getting like maybe 20 cookies a second. And so then you can buy grandmas and grandmas can make cookies passively as well. Each grandma can produce uh, a set amount of cookies. And then eventually you buy a shit ton of grandmas <laughs> and then, then you can buy a farm and then farms grow even more cookies than the grandmas can make. And then you can make a mine and then the mines dig up even more cookies than the farms can produce. Then you can get a factory and a bank and a temple and a wizard tower and a shipment and an alchemy lab to turn gold into cookies and then a portal to go into different dimensions to get cookies and then time machines to go in the past and get the uneaten cookies of the past and bring them to the present to eat them. And it just gets crazier and crazier and you can just upgrade all these different you can upgrade all of these buildings multiple times twice quadruple just millions and millions of times over and it just compounds you're just earning cookies at such a stupid rate after long enough to where literally the point of the game is to just watch the numbers grow and just see how fast you can generate as many cookies as possible uh, I've been playing, um, I, like I said, I have the game open, so I'm going to look at my stats right now. I have generated, in my entire run of playing this game, I've generated 186.892 trillion cookies. <laughs> I've generated so many goddamn cookies. It's ridiculous. Uh, there are, see, you understand the type of game this is. Uh, there are 613 uh achievements in this game i've unlocked 84 of them so i've unlocked 13 percent of them uh i will be unlocking plenty more trust me uh and yeah i've been playing this for i started this run five days and 15 hours ago but i'm pretty sure let me see let me actually see what it says in like my time played because of course i track everything that i play pretty much so uh, I usually have somewhat detailed stats about, you know, my gameplay time. Cookie Clicker, I've had open for 133 hours. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one of those games where I'm not even actively playing it. Like, the only actual thing, the only actual gameplay of this game is just clicking the cookies. And then I've upgraded everything long enough to where, ooh, another golden cookie. Hell yeah. Oh, and I got an achievement for clicking that golden cookie. And that gave me, where is it? Where is it? I've clicked 27 golden cookies. Hell yeah. See, I've been playing this game too fucking long. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is about this game, man. I played this game a lot back in, um, back in grade school. I don't think it was high school at this point. It might have been middle school, but yeah, I messed with cookie clicker for a few days back in the day. And I figured $5 was enough to go relive some of that nostalgia and just, you know, have it in the back of my brain. I Cookie Clicker isn't a good game. It's not even really much of a game. Uh, I think I read something somewhere that this game's designed to just not be fun. Um, it's, it's not designed to be played, you know, forever like this. <laughs> or, I mean, I guess it is designed. I guess that's the point. But like... Like I said, there's no gameplay. There's really nothing to the game. Like I'm just watching my counter go up and right now I'm making a hundred or 1.64 billion cookies every second. And I'm in the trillions now just watching the, the number tick up. And I got like, I got like two time machines. I got six portals, 
26 alchemy labs shipments are shipments are basically literal literal spaceships that go into space and get cookies from other planets and brings them back or they go to the cookie planet and bring back cookies <laughs> so like everything revolves around cookies this this whole entire game and then of course they have like a kind of like a ranking system where uh, as you earn achievements in the game for every achievement for every certain number of achievements you get another tier of milk so the little graphic here has the cookie that you're clicking of course and it's like slowly or the cookie doesn't move but there's like a thing of milk at the bottom and the milk slowly and slowly gets higher as you play the game and then the milk changes color based on your ranking so it starts with regular classic white milk at i think 25 achievements it went to chocolate milk and now I've gone past 50 achievements and I'm at raspberry milk. So I'm betting once I hit 100 achievements, it will likely be, I don't know. I, I was thinking strawberry milk would have been the third one, but they kind of threw me for a loop in what with raspberry milk. So I'm not sure what's coming up next, but uh, we'll see. Maybe cinnamon milk. That'd be cool. Um, but in any case, that's Cookie Clicker. I am a big fan of this game. I think it's really cool. I think it's, I don't know if it's fun. I don't, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if I'd recommend someone play this. Oh, and just to say a couple things that they added in this remastered version, there are a couple slightly, I don't know if these mechanics are specific to the Steam version or if these are just additions that have been made over the years. Cause I have not touched Cookie Clicker in more than a decade, I feel like at this point. So. Um, I'm just not super familiar, so I'll, I'll just list a couple of these features. So they have this thing called sugar lumps, where as you're playing, as you're generating cookies, sugar lumps will kind of just be growing on the side. Oh, I got to go check my garden, too. Oh, no. I don't have anything in here. It's fine. I'll, I'll figure that out later. Sorry, that's a different mechanic. Uh, but for the sugar lumps, uh, you'll just be slowly gaining them over time. And there's like a strict timer, for example. Uh, on my screen, it says the sugar lump is still growing and it'll take eight hours and 24 minutes to reach maturity. And then once your lumps mature after 20 hours, they ripen after 23 hours and then they fall after one day. And so it's kind of a risk reward thing where uh, you're gaining these sugar lumps. And like it says, after 20 hours, it'll be mature enough for you to pick. But if you pick them because you have the 20 hours where they mature and then 23 hours where they ripen and then they fall. Oh my God, I got another golden cookie. I apologize. You're going to be hearing clicks in the background. Um, so yeah, basically the sugar lumps, the risk reward with it is you can wait for them to ripen and to fall on their own and you'll be guaranteed the sugar lump if you just wait. Or if you come to it while it's in that three hour period between 20 and 23 hours where it's mature, but it's just still on the branch, you can click it, but you have a 50% chance of getting nothing. So it's a risk reward thing. You can just be patient like I am and I just let it sit there and fall on its own. Um, but you can pick it early if you're really needing it. And what the sugar lumps are used to is to upgrade everything. So you can upgrade your, your clicks per second or your cookies per second on any of your towers or any of your cursors. And by towers, I mean any of these buildings. So all your grandmas, you can upgrade to where all the grandmas you've built, they all now have an increased cookie per second rate of 1%. Uh, same thing for the garden, same thing for the mine, same thing for your cursors that are gathered around your cookies, just clicking automatically. You can do that for everything here. And I've cashed in a couple sugar lumps and for sometimes I'll unlock new mechanics like in the garden. 
uh, or in the farm specifically, there's like a garden tab now where there's like different types of seeds that I can plant. And then those will just like chill for a while and spit out new plants. And then it it's mutating new seeds and stuff like that. It's very, it's a very strange thing. I don't really understand the gardening system yet. I'm going to have to keep playing with it to kind of figure that out. But um, yeah, you can upgrade all these things and it just like, there's like just a bunch of depth to it and it's all depth for no reason like you're just generating cookies this is all just to make the number go up faster like it's a linear progression <laughs> so like it, it's kind of ridiculous but it's also kind of cool at the same time and then they also have like what what i would call kind of like a prestiging system with the legacy system here where if you ever played call of duty prestiging is when you go through the ranks in multiplayer you get to like rank you know oh no another golden cookie jesus christ um you get to the ranks in multiplayer, you get to like rank 50 or whatever, and then you can start over from the beginning and it'll take away all your unlocks and everything, but you get to choose like one unlock you can keep and you just progress through the ranks over and over again. And then you get like a new emblem or a new like calling card or something for, you know, going through everything again. And, you know, the, the act of leveling up is always one of the most fun aspects of Call of Duty multiplayer. So uh, having the choice to do that is fun. So they have a system like that here in Cookie Clicker where uh, you can cash in your legacy and legacy is basically like it takes away all your buildings. It takes away all of the little upgrades you've been making and it just starts you at zero again. <clears throat> but instead of uh, it takes all that away. But what you get back in return are these legacy points that you'll be able to spend. Um, and I'm not quite sure yet what legacy points are for. Uh, I, cause I haven't prestiged or I guess I haven't just cashed in my legacy thing yet. Um, but we'll see what that does in the future, but it gives you that. And then for every single legacy rank that you have right now, I'm at five. Um, it'll give you an extra, <clears throat> excuse me. It'll give you an extra, uh, cookies per second rate as well. So, uh, let me see. Okay, it's called Ascending. So if you Ascend, it'll grant you five prestige levels, which I have right now. That's 5% more cookies per second and five heavenly chips to spend. I'm not sure what heavenly chips are, but I am interested. <laughs> and I'll be, I'll eventually see what that is because it's getting to the point now. I've been playing this game for, I think it said five days straight now. I'm hitting, I'm not hitting a brick wall because I am earning cookies, but going from a billion cookies like I, I very quickly got to where I was compounding my cookie earnings so fast to where I was easily making a million cookies per second. I was easily making a hundred million cookies per second. Now we're trying to climb up through the billions and the billions are going to take a while. It's going to take several days of just letting this thing run as I'm like going to work and whatnot. So uh, it's going to take a while, but oh God, another golden cookie. Okay. That one wasn't a, that one was just a care package of cookies. I don't have to like click a bunch for an increased rate. Um, so yeah, cookie clicker is ridiculous. <laughs> I understand that I'm ridiculous for playing this game, but uh, I find it fun. It's five bucks. If any of this sounds compelling to you, if you just like seeing numbers go up, I think it's worth $5. It's it's a very strange and obtuse game once you really think about it. And they also have little quotes going on at the top of the screen where it's like, like one quote that's right here, news, accusations of cookie abuse are only vile slander, reveal celebrity. Or another one, uh, news, cookies go well with nuggets made from fruit bars, says controversial chef. Um, and then sometimes they'll incorporate like your bakery name. 
uh because my name is ej's bakery for me ej spun 61 uh that's the twitter name at least uh and it says news don't miss tonight's interview of ej by billy ballon <laughs> so like little silly quotes like that it's it's an endearing game it's stupid it's ridiculous that it's this addictive but if you like seeing numbers go up it will definitely hit for you and i like seeing numbers go up so i'm at 15.7 trillion cookies right now hopefully by the time i come home i'll be at like 100 trillion cookies so i can go on a little bit of a shopping spree because i need to buy a lot more time machines so i can just get more cookies like and i have so many upgrades here that i haven't been able to buy like i got an alchemy upgrade that's sitting here i got several cookie upgrades like i can and then they, you can make different types of cookies. Like I have macaroons up next that I can make. Uh, like you start with chocolate chips, but eventually you'll, you start making peanut butter cookies, snickerdoodles. Uh, what is it? The, the ones that are half chocolate, half vanilla. Uh, they got the sables cookies. The, I don't even know what some of these cookies are. I've never heard of them. Um, they got the all chocolate cookies, the dark chocolate coated, the white chocolate coated eclipse cookies. That's what I was thinking of earlier. You got the zebras. You got the stove waffles. Uh, you got the pink, oh man, oatmeal raisin, and you're just making all these cookies, walnut cookies, like, it's crazy, it makes no goddamn sense, but it's addictive as shit, so I recommend it, uh, you could probably, I feel like Cookie Clicker, because I paid for this, I paid for it through Steam, but the original Cookie Clicker was just a free thing on the internet, like, it was just a free website you could go to, so maybe just go Google search Cookie Clicker. You could play this completely for free if you just want to keep a tab in Chrome or Edge or Firefox open forever. Um, but yeah, I'm fucking with Cookie Clicker. I think it's really good, and I have to think of things to say because I just got one last golden cookie before I, before I was ready to minimize the window, so now I'm trying to click to take advantage of it. See, the problem is when I earned that, when I earned that achievement earlier for, uh, hitting 27 golden cookies, that unlocked an upgrade to where now golden cookies pop up more often and stay on screen for longer. So now I click one and it's either going to give me, oh, here's just, here's 4 billion cookies just randomly. Congrats. Or it'll be like, all right, all your cookie production is 132% multiplied right now for the next like 45 seconds. So earn as many cookies as you can. And so it just encourages me to like sit here and just click for just the amount of time that this bonus is lasting so I can get the most out of that bonus, you know? And by the end of this, I will have a lot more cookies. I think I said 13 trillion earlier. I think uh, I'm probably gonna hit, am I gonna hit 17? Um, yeah, I hit 17 trillion cookies. So that was a four trillion cookie bonus. So, you know, it the difference is made there. So I'm going to minimize this before this takes up too much of my time because <laughs> I've been talking about cookie clicker for way damn too long. Uh, way damn too long. What kind of sentence structure is that? Oh, well, it is what it is. Uh, so anyway, from the what we're playing segment, we're going to go ahead and switch it over to the main topic of the show today. And that is just a couple of predictions for this PlayStation event that's going to be happening this week. Um, I'm very excited for this event. I'm sure a lot of us are excited about this event. And because of that, I got a couple predictions that I have here. Now, I feel like I could really go on. I could really go off here with a bunch of crazy things. But I tried to keep it, you know, pretty within the realm of possibility. And there are a lot of rumors that I'm going to address here, too. So let's go ahead and crack into it. 
So we got this teaser image with the uh, diamond-studded PlayStation logos, which is really gaudy in a way that reminds me of, like, Saints Row 3-type vibes. Like, it's very, like, bling-bling. Like, literally, the project name for Saints Row was bling-bling when it was first in development with the first game. So it's very strange to see them go for this, but I think they're just trying to indicate that this is going to be a big one. This is going to this is gonna be a, a, a dream-maker. <laughs> Or a dream come true, or I don't know how you would phrase that, but um, seems like they're definitely going to be swinging for the fences with this presentation. So uh, in that case, I went ahead and wrote my predictions based on things that I think are a lot of these things I think are obvious. A lot of the, a lot of these things I think are going to be happening, but I swung for the fences slightly. So, you know, we'll see, because at the end of the day, no matter what they might be working on, COVID is still a thing like. COVID has led to Horizon getting kicked out of this year, Sifu getting kicked out of this year, like, and God of War getting way, I, I don't think any of us thought God of War was coming out this year, so that's whatever. But, like, that got punted as well, so it, it, even if they want to show us a bunch of stuff here, I still feel like a lot of this stuff is either going to be way off or they don't want to show things too far off into the future, so I think it's still going to be pretty lean here. This is only 40 minutes after all, so... Lord only knows what we're going to see. But the first thing that I'm going to talk about here as far as predictions is something that I've seen rumored a lot on the internet the last couple days, and that is infamous. Um, I have no idea what what this is going to be. Uh, people are talking like there's going to be some infamous related project coming at this uh, at this presentation. I, I don't know what it could be. Like, I don't know if, is this going to be a new Infamous game? Is this going to be a remaster of the original series, like one and two? Like, honestly, it, as far as what I'm predicting, I'm going to go ahead and lock it down and say it's going to be some type of remaster or remake. It's going to be that type of thing for the Infamous series where one and two are still very solid games like one there's a couple of quality of life things that would change uh for finding blast charts and in infamous one all they literally the game's perfect as is all they have to do is change that pulse ability to show you the closest blast shard if it's not on your mini map because that's what infamous 2 did for those of y'all who haven't played infamous 2 um there are blast shards you can collect all over the world of, you know, Numeray or Empire City, depending on the game. Um, and in Infamous 2, you eventually could upgrade your little pulse ability. Pulse, you click in the stick and it shows you where's the closest electrical source to, you know, charge yourself back up, get some more health. Um, but you could upgrade that pulse to show you where blast shards are on your mini map in the corner. And if there weren't any blast shards in your general vicinity in the mini map, it would show you like on the edge of the mini map, the closest one to you. And then you could just do that for the rest of the game and just click it, go to the next one, click it, go to the next one, find all the blast shards once you're in the end game. In Infamous 1, they had the same upgrade, but it didn't have that quality of life improvement to show you in the corner where it was. <laughs> so you'd have to be very close to the blast shard because it wouldn't show you, oh, the closest one is here if it's off your mini map. If it's not on your mini map, it's not popping up for you. So I remember having to sit there with a physical, I don't think I physically printed the map. I think I had my dad's laptop open and I had the snipping tool over a screenshot of the map, just like crossing out with the little, the mouse drawing thing. 
just crossing out each district as I ran through it until I finally got all 250 of those blast shards. Uh, I think they should change that if they re-release the games, but I think this is going to be just a straight re-release or remaster, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just because I don't know if Sucker Punch has any more juice in this franchise. If this is a new game, I, I think if it's a new game, then I think it's going to be worked by a different developer. I just don't know who would want to take over another franchise rather than making something on their own. Uh, I feel like if any of these Sony developers really want to do something, they're going to be doing, you know, something original. Like, look at Sony Ben, which we'll talk about later. Sony Ben, they've been doing Siphon Filter their whole life. And now, and then they did a couple of things like Uncharted on the Vita and stuff like that. And then once they finally got their shot as a, at a big, you know, first party game, they did Days Gone because that's what they wanted to do. So I think any other developer that would be of a higher enough tier to make a new infamous game, I don't think they're going to choose that by choice. Choose that by choice. Wow, that's <laughs> that's a sentence. That's a word. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. I think this could, I don't know if it's Bluepoint necessarily, but I could see Bluepoint doing it. Um, and if it's a different developer, then yeah, I could see, I can only really see them remastering it. Uh, and I'd be excited for it. Like straight up, release those games, 60 frames per second, maybe 4K as well. I will platinum them in a heartbeat guaranteed and i will be excited and happy about it so yeah we'll see what happens with infamous people are talking a lot about it if it's a new infamous game i will be i will lose my shit now i don't know how likely that is but oh man that would just be so cool i there's so many things they could do with infamous franchise there's so many new powers that they could have uh and just traversal in those games traversal in all those games are just some of my favorite things in the world for a very long time infamous 2 was my favorite game of all time so uh that's the type of quality we're talking about here i love the infamous franchise and i'd be very excited to see it come back here so you know fingers crossed on that uh then next up uh this next prediction is kind of a not a two-parter, but I think one, if not both, are going to happen. Uh, I think that we're going to get some type of an update. Specifically, I think we're going to get a release date for either Season or Little Devil Inside. Two games I've been very interested in ever since seeing them in this PlayStation. I don't know if they were State of Plays. I think Season was revealed in a State of Play, but Little Devil Inside was revealed in the last showcase. So, uh, yeah, I, I really do think we're going to finally see something from them. I Just now as I'm reading this, I'm also thinking about Goodbye Volcano High. Uh, there's a chance we could see something from that too, but I didn't write it down, so I'm not going to talk about it, though I'm sure that game's going to be pretty good once it does eventually come out. But yeah, for Season, I know there's been a lot of controversy at the developer, uh, I forgot exactly what it was. Uh, I think some, there was like toxic workplace culture there. I think that's what it was. And, uh, hopefully some, some of the problematic staff have been pushed out and things got shifted around, hopefully. And so everything's hunky dory over there. I hope. Uh, so maybe, maybe for season, it's a little bit question marky because considering that turmoil, that might have pushed things back a little bit. So maybe we'll only get a release window. Maybe. I'm thinking something more than 2022. I'm hoping, you know, a spring 2022 or something like that uh, for season. But Little Devil Inside, I feel like it's been radio silent on that game for so long that at this point we have to get we have to get a release date. Like they have to be showing us straight up gameplay. We need a release date. And I feel like that has to be somewhat imminent. Like 
I don't think that thing's coming out after March. I feel like if, if it is there, then it's coming out soon, soon. So I would say, honestly, my heart wants to say January, but I'm going to just stick to my guns and say before March, because I, I don't think it wants to be in February because it's very quickly becoming a crazy month for releases. You know, you got Horizon Zero Dawn. We got the new Destiny 2 expansion. Uh, we got... What's the other one that just got Sifu, as we talked about earlier? Uh, a lot of games are coming out in February. So I don't think Little Devil Inside wants to go toe to toe with all those releases, but maybe it can wait till March and get away with it. So we'll see about it. I'm excited for it. Uh, or I don't know if I'm excited for it. I'm interested in it. The art style looks interesting. The gameplay looks interesting. I'm hearing that it's more of a survival game, which I don't know if I'm excited about that, but. I am. I just want to see more. I want to see more of it, and I think if if it's here, I think we're getting a release date. So you know, fingers crossed on that. The next prediction I want to go ahead and make here: God of War Five. And yes, I'm going to call it Five. God damn it! People should play the earlier games. They're great. Um, but in any case, God of War. I think I think we're going to see it here. I, I don't think we're going to get an extended. Actually, hmm. This one's difficult because I think we're going to see God of War here. God of War Ragnarok is the current, you know, rumored title of it. Um, we're going to see it here. What I'm not certain of yet is are we going to see, are we going to see an extended gameplay demo like we saw with the initial reveal of, you know, the rebooted God of War way back in the day at uh, E3 press conference? Are we going to be seeing that or are we going to be seeing just a very detailed trailer getting into the story like are we getting a five minute trailer or something like that or are we getting a 10 to 12 minute gameplay sequence considering this is a 40 minute presentation i'm leaning towards that being the bulk of it because i can they said it's going to be a big like this is a presentation so if it's a presentation there has to be a lot of stuff here but there also has to be some big hitters I think it's easier to fill a lot of big announcements in 30 minutes rather than fill a lot of big announcements into 40 minutes. And then 10 of those, what I'm implying is that 10 of those minutes is just going to God of War because they know a lot of people care about it. And that will be something that will want, people will want a very big, long look at that. So I'm leaning towards a gameplay demo for God of War. Um, nothing too crazy, but I think it's going to be taking up a big bulk of that time there. So I'm looking forward to that. I think that should be there. I, 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 I'm not as high on God of War as everyone else as I've talked about in the past. Uh, I like God of War a lot. Uh, the rebooted one I'm talking about, of course. I like God of War a lot, but I was such a big fan of the original games that I still like that. <laughs> like, I still loved the combat in those games. I still thought the story was interesting. I, of course, totally understand that they couldn't continue to escalate. Similar to Saints Row here, where Saints Row is now going back to being a little bit more grounded, a little bit more contemporary, and some people aren't loving that. There was really nowhere else to go after Saints Row 4, so I totally understand the reset. God of War is a similar case. Once you've killed the entire pantheon of Greek gods, you can't really progress past that, so they had to go in a new direction. And I respect a new direction. I just don't think it is so objectively superior <laughs> in, in the same way that everyone else feels like it, because so many people hated those original games, and I understand why. I totally understand it. That is a valid viewpoint. But I had a lot of fun with them, and despite their very outright problematic aspects, I think those games were fun. So we'll see what the new God of War holds in store. Hopefully it is something entertaining. 
Oh, my Google Home is going off. I was wondering what that sound was. Uh, one moment, please. Actually, no, you can just hear this. Hey, Google, stop. Okay, there we go. Sorry if that turned on your thing. <laughs> I just realized that. <clears throat> I just realized that as soon as I said that. I apologize. Um, in any case, though, yeah, God of War, Ragnarok, I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to get a demo. And yeah, uh, hopefully it is good. <laughs> I can only hope. So uh, after that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Ben Studio, I think we're going to see whatever Ben Studio is working on next. Um, I think it's going to be, I don't know what they're working on. They said that they're not working on uh, Days Gone. That is definitive. Um, but I just don't know what else it would be. I want to say, I want to say they want to, I want to say that they're working on something completely opposite from Days Gone. So I'm thinking something that isn't grounded, isn't super serious. I don't think they're going from Resistance to to Sunset Overdrive. I don't think it's going to be that drastic, but I do have a feeling that it's going to be maybe something slightly more lighthearted. When I say lighthearted, I mean like uncharted original trilogy lighthearted <laughs> rather than you know something goofy like an insomniac game uh I, I don't quite know what that could be i think they still want to use their open world tech that they really honed for days gone i still think they're gonna want to you know maybe use their motorcycle tech i don't know maybe it'll have some vehicle based stuff in here uh i'm interested to see what they could do because i think that team is talented i think they can make really good games but Hopefully they can make something a little bit more focused because I played a good bit of Days Gone. I've talked about it a little bit this year. I played a lot of Days Gone. And my biggest problem with it is that it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it doesn't feel like you're, it feels like you're chipping away at progress all the time in the narrative, in the structure of the upgrades and everything it feels like you're just making a little bit of progress at all times rather than making substantial leaps and bounds into the story into the you know progression systems it, it just feels very incremental i hope they work that out in their next game because that type of crop that type of progress is only going to be good if you're because like i i can totally vibe with you know very slow you know power creep or not power creep but i can understand slow progression in games but i have to be enjoying it um where in red dead redemption red dead redemption 2 is one of the longest games i've ever played i put 100 hours into that game and i think i could have beat it faster than that if i stuck on the main path but i enjoyed being in that world i enjoyed just walking around looking at the sights looking at the sounds just absorbing it all in i had fun being in that world same thing with horizon zero dawn where that game only took 50 hours, and I also probably could have mainlined it and got through it way faster, but I enjoyed being in that world. I enjoyed looking at the sights, taking in the sounds, taking a whole lot of photo mode pictures. That was fun for me. Where in Days Gone, nothing about that. I don't feel, I don't want to live in the world of Days Gone. I don't want to exist in the world of Days Gone. It is very pretty at times, but it is a very rough and tumble world with a lot of broken people and trauma and whatnot. It is not a place I want to stick in too long. Even even something like The Last of Us Part 2, that game was too long, but its narrative was compelling enough to where I was like, I want to see this to the end. And I, I just got to see what happens. I got to know what happens to these people, to these characters that I care about so much. Days Gone doesn't really have that, oh man, I got to see what happens. Like I, I have a curiosity to know what happens in Days Gone. As in one of these days, I might reinstall it and try and boot it back up. 
but like I'm not like overwhelmed with the urge to know <laughs> to the point where I've put down the game and I've, I spoiled it for myself. I watched a YouTube video about it a couple uh, months ago at this point. So I know how it ends more or less, but you know, it, it's just not that type of narrative to me. So hopefully they're able to fix a lot of those issues uh, in their next game, Ben Studio. Honestly, I hope Ben Studio just go back to Cypher fil Siphon Filter, Cypher Filter, Jesus Christ. Go back to Siphon Filter uh, and make that a big ass PlayStation 5 game. I think that would be incredible. I think that would excite so many of us. I'd be excited about it. I think that would be incredible. So, yeah, we'll see about that. I think they're just going to move on to a new IP, which, you know, respect to them. I think they could make a really great new IP. Just, you know, maybe don't fall to their... Uh, fall to your better nature rather than your lesser nature how about that so yeah we'll see about that um another thing that i think might be here now this one is a little bit spicy because there's absolutely there's no rumors of this there's very reason there's very little reason for me to believe that i'll even be here so we'll see what's gonna happen um i think that now i'm gonna say this before i even say it this prediction could easily, easily, easily also be at the THQ Nordic presentation. They're having their 10-year anniversary, uh, THQ is. So I feel like there's a good chance that THQ could show off this game because this just feels like a THQ Nordic tier game. But I think it'd be really cool if it was here. And considering all the things that the developer has been promising, Three Fields Entertainment, I think that it could be worth showing in a see in a conference like this so i'm just gonna go out and say it uh dangerous driving 2 y'all remember dangerous driving <laughs> i feel like it came out and it came and went uh but dangerous driving was pretty much the burnout like that came out i want to say back in 2017 or 18 i'm gonna look that up real quick a dangerous driving dangerous driving came out in 2019 Okay, I am off with my time. Now, okay, so that's going to change what I have to say about this a little bit. So, Dangerous Driving came out 2019. I thought it was a fun game. I thought it was enjoyable. It's uh it's basically Burnout 3. If you remember Burnout 3, linear tracks, a lot of, you know, road rage, car crashing action, uh a lot of boost chaining, a lot of traffic dodging, that type of stuff. It was a fun fact, it was a fun copy of that type of experience, but and not only didn't do anything new, it didn't really emulate that original burnout feel to the same degree. The fidelity wasn't quite as high. The car damage wasn't quite as crazy. Uh, the handling on the cars were arcadey in a satisfying way, but felt a little bit floaty. It felt a little bit like version 1.0 of the handling to a certain degree. So, uh, but Three Fields Entertainment said they're coming back. They're, they're planning on making this next one open world. So it seems like they're going to try and tap into the burnout paradise, uh, the burnout paradise vibes that everybody have been missing for a little while here. And so, yeah, they, they said they're working on handling and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens with it. But yeah, I think, I think it has a chance to be here. If, if the game that they're making, cause they said they're going to make it open world, they're going to polish it up and stuff like that. If they're truly trying to make this game like on the level of Burnout Paradise even, and then they show it off at a conference like this, I do think it has a good chance of stealing the show. I don't know how much that is the case since this is a this is a PlayStation presentation rather than a state of play. If this was a state of play, I think it would be more likely to see Dangerous Driving here because those state of plays, they try to 
Usually they have one big focus and then a bunch of smaller things that they think are going to be cool to show y'all. So I could see that for here, but uh, I, I just don't see them lingering on Dangerous Driving too long if they do or don't talk about it here. Because I think you'd get like a really nice trailer and people would be like, ooh, what the hell is that? And then they would just turn it off and then go on to the God of War demo or something like that. So we'll see. I think Dangerous Driving 2 would be a good one to have here. But once again, I just there's no reason I believe this. I just feel like it's time. I am a little bit surprised that Dangerous Driving 1 came out in 2019. I thought it was like 2018 at the earliest. So I'm a little bit flabbergasted there. But I also think if it's shown here, it definitely won't be coming out this year. That's coming out next year sometime. I think, honestly, I think halfway through next year would be a good time frame for it, possibly, uh, especially since they're already working on the building blocks of the original game. I don't think they'd have to do that much work with the core gameplay. They just tighten up a couple things, and then they're just adding to the structure of the game. They're adding to the open world nature and maybe, you know, creating their missions and such uh, in a way that are going to work with the open world, their missions, their races and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with it. I'm going to get off the Dangerous Driving 2 train. Everyone should go play Dangerous Driving 1. If you like Burnout, Dangerous Driving 1 will give you, will scratch that itch for about three hours, and then you might get tired of it. But it's it's worth checking out. And then the last thing I'm going to say here, this is a very general prediction. This is like, this could be anything or everything. So I'm just going to drop it here and we'll see what goes on with it. Uh, I think there's going to be some type of a brand new indie game announced. An indie game we've never heard of, didn't know it was in development, blah, 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 blah. It's going to get revealed here. Um, don't know from who, don't know f for what. I just feel like we're going to see it. I have no context about it other than that, but... I think it'll be cool. I think I think it's going to either make half of us. I think it's going to be either, oh, that stole the show. That was really cool. Or it's going to be, oh, that's pretty cool. We'll wait and see more. I don't think it's going to be an outright bad, like, oh, that looks horrible. But it's going to be interesting. Um, so we'll see what that comes to be. <laughs> I, I just feel like that's a very safe, just a very safe bet to make. So I'm going to make the bet. Um, and I think it'll, it'll get a very brief trailer because like I said, this is a PlayStation presentation, not just a normal state of play. It's going to get a brief mention and then we'll go on to the big stuff. So yeah, those are my predictions for this, uh, PlayStation presentation. Hopefully, hopefully Sony treats us good. We've been waiting all summer for them to really show us what they got for the near future here. Uh, and they already said everything about Horizon. Uh, so, you know, we're, I'm not expecting to see any of Horizon here. Except maybe, I don't think they're going to get a new trailer or anything, but I do think it is crazy that pre-orders have gone up for Horizon, and also, there's no reason to bring this up on the show, but I will just bring it up now. How crazy was that reversal for the PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5 upgrades for Horizon Forbidden West? That was hilarious. They they got all up there high and mighty, or you're going to have to buy the game twice if you want both entitlements, or you got to buy like the super expensive collector's edition, which I uh, have pre-ordered, by the way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really funny that they, caught, they got caught in a lie because they did originally promise that, hey, Horizon Forbidden West is going to have a free upgrade path. Don't worry about it. Now, you know, they had to reverse their whole terminology within i think it was like two days it took them to reverse their stance on that so now horizon is going to be free and now every other playstation first party title is going to be a ten dollar upgrade which honestly i think that is a good idea i i thought it was bullshit that um you had to pay ten dollars for the upgrade for uh 
what is it? You had to pay $10 for the upgrade for, I can't think of it. I cannot think of the game. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. Ghost of Tsushima. That's what it is. Sorry, I blew out my mic <laughs> screaming that. Um, but yeah, Ghost of Tsushima, I felt like that upgrade path was a little bit messy because you had people starting from the base game going to the director's cut, but the director's cut had so much more content. So it's kind of hard to gauge, like you're paying $20 for the expansion, which seems fair on its own, but then you're paying $30 to play the expansion on PS5. That didn't seem, th that felt extreme. And it's cool to see that Death Stranding is going to be, uh, Death Stranding is going to be a $10 upgrade. I hopefully they keep that cadence because $10 is still not as good as uh, smart delivery on Xbox Series X where everything's just, you just play the game and there's no upgrade fee or anything. It's not as good as that, but at least it has some consistency and at least it doesn't feel like you're gouging your fans for money, um, which a lot of these decisions recently have felt like. So, you know, we'll see. Oh, and speak of the devil, Balloons TD six which is a sequel to five apparently it's on steam i didn't know that until right now oh my god these animations look really good in balloons td it's on sale on steam for two two oh two bucks there's skill trees now guys i'm gonna go ahead and buy balloons tower defense six which i i don't need to buy more things i've bought too many things in the last couple days but like holy shit i love fucking tower defense games i've i've just been i don't know i feel like i've been regressing as far as my taste in games go i'm playing like tower defense and idle games again which is stuff i haven't done since like high school so i don't know shit's going I, i'm having a weird spot but in any case those are my predictions <laughs> for this playstation event uh, we'll see what happens. Like I said, we only have a couple more days here. Uh, we'll see everything will be revealed. Uh, Thursday's about to be a crazy day, man, because not only do we have this PlayStation event, uh, Matrix is dropping a whole bunch of tweets today. Uh, we're going to get a trailer for Matrix 4 on that Thursday as well. Uh, it's just going to be a great day. And as far as our plans around the event, I'm planning on recording an episode of the Players Club podcast directly after the stream. Um, I might try and do a reaction stream. We'll see. I think what I'm going to do is similar to what I did with the opening night live stream is I'll just record my reactions and post it later, probably, which I am still working on the opening night live uh, stream reactions. So look out for that probably tomorrow because I'll be off on Tuesday. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to do it that way because trying to live stream the actual event and then stream from my PC out to everyone else it is very taxing on my internet connection. Like I had the last time we did this, I had to stream the actual event at like 480p just so it could not buffer. And even then it was buffering every like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. So we ended up being a little bit behind. So I don't think I'm gonna do that, but I think I will record my reactions just in case like PlayStation All-Stars 2 was announced. I need to make sure the world knows what my reaction to that was. <laughs> So, you know, we'll we'll see about that. So, yeah, that's what I'm planning on doing. You'll probably get two episodes of the Players Club podcast this week. Either you'll get two episodes or you'll be hearing the episode right after the presentation. You might be hearing that like the next week, Monday or something like that. So uh, time will tell on that. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything I got to say on the topic of the show there. And then from there, we can transition on to the housekeeping. We have a bunch of interesting things here for housekeeping here. Uh, so starting off with some stuff from our YouTube channel. Oh, shoot. There's one thing I got to add to housekeeping. Let me go ahead and look for that real quick. Uh, give me just a second here. 
All right, I got that all sorted out. So uh, let's start back at the top again with the uh, with the YouTube videos that we're making on the channel right now. Uh, starting off is what took me so long, Madden 18. I believe, yes, this is a let's play from Graydon once again. Uh, playing some Madden 18. I don't know why he's playing 18 specifically. That's a couple years old at this point. So I don't know, maybe check that out for context and, you know, grading in the video content is always a hoot. So go ahead and give him a gander there for that. Uh, next, we have another episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Republic Heroes, Episode 5, Pulling Double Duty. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, that is another episode from Alan there, uh, playing some more Star Wars. He's the big Star Wars boy. Uh, I mean, a lot of people here like Star Wars in this group. So let me, let me not just put that on him. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, definitely think that's going to be worth a watch there. So go ahead and check that out. As far as stuff on the website here, we have another round table games that should have received a sequel. Um, this one, a lot of good ones in here as far as like games that should have gotten a sequel. One of my favorite games of all time is in this list. And I got to say, uh, I want to say that was Josh who wrote about that one. Uh, he was right on the money, if I'm not mistaken. Um, here I'm actually going to check through here and click just to make sure. Yeah, Josh is the one who wrote about that one. So see what he has to say about that game, because I love that game a lot. It deserves a sequel and I'm mad it hasn't gotten one yet. Um, so yeah, from there, we go on to another round table that's also gone up, uh, video game trailer music that we love. Um, basically, you know, there's plenty of trailers that we've all seen. There's plenty of things we've all done, uh, <laughs> plenty of things we've all done. That's such an ominous phrase. Um, but yeah, uh, this is just going through some of the video game music that we like from some of these trailers. Uh, Borderlands is in there. I, I really love that Ain't No Rest for the Wicked song from the original Borderlands. Um, I did not contribute to that round table, so I have to see if they're actually talking about that song, but uh, I already see Borderlands in the thumbnail. So shout out to that. Uh, then we have another more personal one from Graydon here on the website. Um, one entitled, While Broadway Was Away, Reviewing Quarantine Theater Part 1. And it seems like he's just going through a lot of theatrical, and by theatrical I mean literally theater-based productions in the last year or so. Uh, and he actually has some stuff in here that I've seen, um, where he's talking about, of course, things like Hamilton, but he's also talking about musicals just in general, like In the Heights was a movie that came out in the last couple months. Central Park is a show on Apple Plus that a lot of people love that has musical undertones and whatnot to it. Uh, and actually, which one he has here? He has a screenshot from it, but I'm forgetting the name. Yeah. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That definitely, definitely felt like a stage play while watching it and it might have originally have been a stage play to begin with uh this is chadwick boseman's final live action performance uh before his passing and you know he's up there with uh god what is her name viola davis uh and they both did great in this film this film overall is just really good uh, I, I thought the movie was, I think the performances were better than the movie in my opinion, but you can see his opinion on that movie and a bunch of other musical themed, uh, productions over the last couple months. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and check that out. It's a very interesting read. Um, and then another one that I wrote, this is actually a very long, kind of a big ass tome that I wrote. Uh, so I, I know I talk about a lot of video games on here. I am also a big fan of hip hop and one of the biggest hip hop releases of the year just came out. Donda by Kanye West came out a little over a week ago at this point. 
And I've been listening to it. I actually went to one of the listening parties for the album uh, in Atlanta a couple weeks ago. And now that the full album is out, I wrote down all of my very complicated thoughts about the album. Uh, long story short, the album's good, but Kanye West makes me frustrated to listen to it. <laughs> just everything he is, just his ego and all that. Uh, I, I really get into it. You can go ahead and listen or listen. You can go ahead and read my review there. It is very long. It's over five or it's over 4,000 words. So I apologize for its length, but I needed to get it all out. I like to be thorough. And usually when these albums come out, I usually do like a big ass review on my YouTube channel where I'll find a random game I've been playing, record like an hour of it while I'm playing, while just while I'm playing it casually. Then I use that gameplay footage and put it over me just talking into a microphone for, like I said, about an hour about the album. So I said, instead of doing that, let's just write it all down. And it's going to be a long read, but it might be a 20 to 30 minute read rather than an hour of me sometimes rambling, sometimes skipping over my words. It might come off a little bit more eloquent if I just write it. And I've thought about maybe making that review into a YouTube video anyway, where I just read the contents of the review and put up some random gameplay on my channel. It might be Balloons Tower Defense. I'm not going to lie to you because I just bought Balloons Tower Defense 6 on PC. I might just record some of that and have that play while I'm talking about Donda. So <laughs> you might get that. But uh, you guys let me know if you'd like to see that. Of course, my uh, my Twitter is always in the description. Uh, Al is probably going to be on the next episode in all likelihood. I, I can't leave him off the big PlayStation event episode. So yeah, he's definitely going to be here again. I'm going to see if I can get another guest in here because for these bigger episodes, I like to get another voice in here with us. And yeah, you'll be hearing from us soon there. Uh, and then the last housekeeping thing I want to say before I forget, uh, speaking of Left Behind, uh, Left Behind Game Club, another podcast that I really like to listen to, they invited me on the show a little while back and the episode has finally come out. Uh, for you guys who don't know, Left Behind Game Club is basically a, a Let's Play podcast where they play a game, then they talk about it. Uh, and for this episode, they did Telltale's The Walking Dead 400 Days. They've been doing a very long series where they do an episode of the podcast for each episode of The Walking Dead season one, uh, instead of just doing one episode for the whole season. And they really get granular. Uh, Cameron Hawking, Cameron Hawking, Hawk, oh my God. I think I'm saying his name right. I don't know why I'm so held up on this. Cameron Hawkins is on that episode, uh, where, or on those episodes where he's talking about each episode of The Walking Dead. And, uh, he, he's a good podcaster. He's a good guy. And, you know, Jacob McCord over there is good too. A lot of the guys on that podcast, a lot of those regulars are really good. So, uh, that whole series is worth listening to. And I'm happy to kind of help bookend it at the end here with the 400 days expansion. Um, Lord only knows if they'll keep playing. Uh, if they do play more Walking Dead, I'd love to come back for season two, but it seems like they're a little bit Walking Deaded out right now. Um, but they have talked about, you know, Life is Strange maybe being one that they try and uh, even Tales from the Borderlands possibly. So hopefully I'll get to come back for those, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I really had a good time recording with them and I think that's a good podcast that y'all should listen to. So go ahead and give that a gander. Uh, or just give it a listen, however you want to cut it. Uh, I think that is a good one. And from there, I think we're actually done now. I think we're actually done with the podcast this time. Um, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for chilling with me for another, uh, solo show. Uh, I try not to, I'm trying not to make these too common. Um, but you know, every now and then I'm just like, man, I don't feel like 
getting the whole gang together. Let me just let me just pop one out real quick and then go to work because I do have work in like an hour and a half right now. So I'm going to go ahead and get ready in a second here after I get this podcast up. And then all we have is two more sleeps until this PlayStation conference and a Matrix trailer. So Thursday is going to be a great day for all of humankind. <laughs> At least I hope so. There's something for just about all of us dweebs. So I'm looking forward to it. It should be a good day. And Tuesday will be a good day for me to catch up on stuff before then. So looking forward to that too. Or not Tuesday, Wednesday <laughs> should be a good time for me to catch up on a bunch of stuff. So in any case, that is all I got for you today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for watching. There's a Call of Duty Vanguard stream that's going on right now that I'm going to go ahead and pop over to pretty soon. So uh, I'll see you on the other side of whatever. <laughs> I'll see you on the other side of the internet. I don't know. I'm being goofy today. I, I, the vibes are weird today because I'm all hype and not thinking about the current moment because Thursday is going to blow my asshole up. Uh, that was a sentence. I'm going to leave now before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting. And as I always say, keep it real, keep it true. Peace out, y'all.